0: One of these times I need to, uh, I need to show up wearing a wig. (laughs) like great big flowing Rachel hair. Start the game already! Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) I mean, it will, it will confuse, you know, the, our, our listener. Uh. I mean it will really show up well, I think, in the in the audio file. Like people who listen to us through um uh the podcast, like the uh, yeah. audio only. The the wig will be like just a great thing for them, I think. Send us an email if you want to see me in a wig. I'll go find one.
1: <laughs> well,
0: what are you drinking? Um, okay, so tonight it's complicated because I bought that bottle of vodka last time. Tonight I don't know if we actually Cause we lost last week. We should probably say that it was, Mm -hmm. there was some, some stuff. Um, but I bought a bottle of vodka that was recommended to me by the, uh, the young lady at the liquor store. And I had forgotten, I don't like vodka. So, (laughs) um, I'm, I'm making kind of like a Brown cow sort of a thing. I have, uh, have chocolate flavor syrup, you know, from our, local dollar store i have my grandfather's shot glass this by the way is not an ounce it's not two ounces it's not three ounces um my grandfather was a wonderful man but uh he, he liked his liquor
2: it is enough ounces it is it is it the is unit a, of measure it is a, i'm a, i'm actually drinking something similar tonight i'm uh, back into the black russians so not so ne- nice vodka just shitty absolute Well, I have tag
0: number five, which honestly is not is not bad. It's just I don't like vodka. Um, So so you're into the Black Russian. So I guess next week is the intervention episode. (laughs) Well, either that or we we do it mid this week. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, So we had our first meetup since we started the podcast. Uh, Attendance was fairly low. <laughs>
2: uh, the joke is it was just us. uh, cheers, cheers complicated. That's a good way to describe how this is likely to go, yeah, Up sideways,
0: yep, all right, so politics and religion is on the table tonight. um, we won't be making any sense whatsoever, uh, but it might be entertaining.,
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the hope anyway. So we got to apologize. Uh it's been a bit. It's been a hot minute, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh we ran into some technical issues recording last week and uh we could have pieced something together but we just said fuck it. We'll we'll do it again. And the intention was to do it again like a week ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then life. And 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 life and then you were you were traveling over the weekend hence the meetup. Huh? Um but as a result, we're actually gonna change things up a little bit. We're 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 pivoting. Oh new format.
0: We're, we're rebranding the channel.
2: Yep. Uh. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh what what we're gonna do is uh rather than uh record like one two and a half hour episode, we're gonna try and record like two one hour ish episodes. Uh I, it'll be more I, digestible, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah a shout out
2: to uh, to
0: Lino who is uh, Rich. Hi, Rich, if you're still listening, because when I've I i 1st told him about this thing, he looked at it and said, "Yeah, I'll go subscribe and maybe listen to it." And Dadrick, who sent us the uh, uh, the email the following week, has listened to <laughs> all of them. When uh, when Lino first uh, first heard it his response was oh yeah i see it it's just like this isn't holy shit these things are two and a half hours long <laughs> and i think that's probably a uh a fairly common reaction to
2: and it's a us. psychological thing right because the reality is is we're going to record two and a half hours worth of content tonight yeah. we're not going to space it out too much more instead of like you know weekly or every other week ish uh you know we'll just double the frequency cut it in half it should help alleviate some of the technical issues that we've had. I mean, that's the main reason we've done it. A uh, second reason being, you know, we're idiots and who the fuck's going to listen to two and a half hours of us. Also,
0: like the whole shtick of the show is that we're drinking while we're talking and we always end up
2: with, oh, God, got to pee. <laughs> There's also that. So uh. episode 12. Here we are. Uh, soon to be episode 13. I think we're going to do a table talk heavy episode, but before we do what's new, man. I mean, there's so much that we kind of talked about the last oh, time we tried to record the whole true. welcome to the neighborhood experience you've had. Oh
0: yeah. Did I not? Oh, okay. That wasn't, I thought that was two episodes ago that we talked about that. So yeah, had a break in. I now have security cameras all over the place and my <laughs> phone goes ding every time my wife walks upstairs ding every time the raccoon shows up on the back deck ding every time the cat the cats go somewhere um but i i have i have cameras so if if something else goes missing then i can the funny thing is is that like i actually live in a tiny little town i live in uh i mean there are really there really aren't any bad neighborhoods in our town we're very very lucky that way we're kind of a, a specialized situation we're a a bedroom community for like one of two employers Uh, and I mean, I live in, in sort of the, the nice end of town, which is pretty much the same as the bad end of town. Uh, and when I I told the neighbors like, Hey, somebody broke into my garage and stole some stuff, their response was what that's never happened. Right. Like they're, uh, they do a roundup every year of, you know, the, you know, what was the biggest crime of the year? And last, last 10, it was 10 years ago, I guess, the last time I saw it but it was somebody stole a boat anchor. And the next day it was returned because they didn't realize it belonged to somebody. They thought it was just sitting there. Nobody
2: wanted it. Well, they stole a boat anchor. They stole a trolling motor and gas. And tank gas. Now. Yeah. Pretty soon. They're going to have a boat. I guess.
0: Good, good luck running the boat on that gas. The gas they stole <laughs> was two years
2: old. So did you, uh, just sort of do your security system yourself, your cameras, or did you have somebody come in and do it?
0: Uh no, I uh, I ordered some uh some wise cameras because they were the only ones I could find that are able to operate without a subscription. I'm sure there's others, but those are the ones mm-hmm. I found. Uh, and they were reasonably cheap. I mean we spent five hundred bucks, which is not, you know, cheap, but for peace of mind it's it's pretty good. Um, and I have like a couple in the front, a couple in the back, a couple, you know, inside in various places where people aren't gonna spot them if they happened to get past the other ones. Um, yeah. And we have we now actually have locking garage doors. Because the other thing is, is that our back garage, we have two garage doors. Our our garage is kind of a drive-through. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the front one had a garage door opener on it. Nobody's getting in there. The back one had nothing. No locks. It just opened. Um, and they just opened it up, crawled underneath, stole my stuff, and left. So now I have a garage door opener on both the front and the back. So nobody's getting in there. Yeah. So that's how my, my first week in the neighborhood went after moving. Um, <laughs> as you can see behind me, I still have boxes and things. This is, this is going to be one of the last rooms to get fully unpacked because
1: everything that I
0: need is right here.
1: Yeah. Kitchen first. Tools. Everything else can wait forever. We're never moving out of this house, so can wait forever. So what's new with you, man? I'm
2: at that stage in my life where nothing is ever new. There will eventually be new aches and pains. Oh, there's new aches and pains. Never get old. You know, for those of yeah. you listening, if you're not old yep. yet, just don't do it. Yep. I uh, Another reason we didn't record over the weekend is I kind of put my back out. And I would love to say that I did it. Doing something stupid or doing something manly. You know, it's like <laughs> bench pressing a Buick or or, you know, moving furniture even or, you know, helping a buddy, you know, yeah, lift his I car w- out of the ditch or whatever. I was getting no. out of
0: my car and I sneezed and now I'm paralyzed from the waist down.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh walking. Now, admittedly, it's not quite that bad. I was walking down a set of stairs. Now, That may paint a mental image of, you know, me missing a step or something and, you know, thunk, thunk, thunk or or whatever, awkwardly twisting. No, no, I got like third or fourth step from the bottom, just put my foot down and I heard and felt the pop. And my legs buckled and I mean, I was able to catch myself like I didn't actually fall. I just, I olded and broke. (laughs) I was, I was watching a Russell Howard thing today.
0: Um, and he was talking about how, uh, like, the difference between men and women. And he's like, women are so strong. Like, you you, you bleed from your bits, like, once a month. And you're just like, man, whatever. I've seen the commercials. You're out roller skating and <laughs> skydiving or whatever. It's like, if it was men who got periods once a month, they'd be sitting on the couch just going, oh, it's broken. <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah. So I was hobbled up for a couple of days. Um, It's happened before, and it's actually less embarrassing this time around because the last time it's happened, I was sitting when it happened. Like, for the first time in a long time with good posture, which was probably the problem. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, pop. Oh, jeez. And that's what it's like. Like, it it literally feels like, um, I don't know if I have a, a mildly, Degenerated disc or, or something. I mean, I'm not exactly in shape. There's a million reasons, I'm sure, why this could happen, but it's it's like I just feel something. Just go, yoink! I'm over here now. Yeah, deal with it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know how that is. I have a a disc in my back that I got an X-ray of when I was in my early 20s. Where the doctor's like, "Yeah, see this here? See where it's all gray? That's supposed to be white. That's that's supposed to be bone. It's it's." Yeah. Eventually yeah. it'll just be gone. And and then what? Probably surgery.
2: Yeah. Uh my wife and our girls all have sort of degenerative problems, genetically predisposed to it. So normally it's them struggling with it and um you know if they have good excuses for it. I don't. I'm old, I'm fat. At least you're not bald.
1: There is that. That's a surprise.
0: I'm wearing a wig. (laughs) Me too, but it's not on my head.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Uh, I need to drink after that one. Yeah. Hey, do you want to talk about some tabletop stuff? Let's do that. Hey, it's tabletop. It's part of the show where we talk about all things tabletop. D&D related. Telson, you flagged this week that you wanted to talk about railroading, and that's about as specific as you got. I, I, I intuited that maybe it was tabletop stuff. Uh, I speculated it could be like model trains as well.
0: Well, I, really what I wanted to talk about was the driving of the Golden Spike in the Canadian Railroad uh, on November 7th of 1885, as they were you know, building the Canada Pacific Railway across the great country of Canada.
2: Okay, I um, thought you might, so I read up on it.
0: I have no. I was. <laughs> no. I was. I did actually. This is okay. So I gotta. Okay. So this is a tangent. I do have to actually like immediate tangent off of this. Um. Tangent. 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 Um, so I want—I was thinking about like I, I want to make everybody aware that all of the organization for this show, like the the technical stuff, the background things, the editing, the actual script that happens, is all Shane. I throw vague ideas at him throughout the week, and he makes like some kind of something for show notes so that we can figure out what we're talking about and whatnot. So kudos for that.
2: Vegas doing a lot of heavy lifting there. (laughs) Well, it's true, but it is
0: something right. And, uh, to that end, I wanted to actually, uh, and uh, having said that, I think it was, it was yesterday the day before that I threw out the idea that I wanted to talk about railroading. Um, but I had planned on like, going and doing some research and writing a bunch of stuff and having a bunch of things where i would just throw in like here's a fact about
2: trains okay so 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 for the second tangent before you get into it okay in Telson's defense he tries i'm probably going to post some shorts from the episode that we kind of half captured (laughs) where i had this idea where we were going to talk about like video games over the decades in the past and pick out some ones that are important and my my instructions were pretty explicit like you know let's oh, here's yeah. the time ranges and like let's pick out one game each <laughs> 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 one game each that like was important to us it didn't have to be a great game it didn't have to be you know a game that was obscure just this is a game that had personal meaning to me because we've talked about jump man jr before and sort of along those lines but just working our way through the the 70s and uh 80s kind of up till uh, i think we ended up 2015 or mm-hmm. something like that nine yeah something like that uh Telson decided he was going to do some research and by research i i imagine that he pulled up wikipedia and just pulled yep. up like video games by year yep and <laughs> then with his his quill and ink started transcribing <laughs> names of video games uh... You were. <laughs> you give me too funny. much credit. It was a clay oh. tablet. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I, but I, I, was, I,
0: I was trying to narrow it down. It's like, okay, I'm going to go through the list. I'm going to write down the ones that but, I have some connection to. And then I'm going to like, okay, I'm going to pick out two or three. And I'm just going to say, here's a short list of stuff. To <laughs> any of them, you know, sort of uh, have an impact for you. And here's the one I want to talk about. But, of course,
2: I didn't get to that point. I just got as far no. as the list. Yeah and the, 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 the cuneiform explains why you got to the <laughs> not even the full list you just oh, got to no. what 85 or 90 like
0: Oh it I was don't, funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was a giant list. It was it was riveting content. I'm <laughs> sad you missed it. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was he was basically reading Wikipedia for us. And well, I think <laughs> I think oh. there's an audience for that. I've actually I, thought about that in the past like some sort of like ASMR just kind of like go down the rabbit hole of wikipedia and ah. just start reading get somebody with a nice voice to do it last week wasn't it so no it's a good thing that you know the the, yeah. the, the podcast god struck us down and, and, oh. and broke our recording midway through because
0: i'm pretty it, sure the river, the riverside admins were listening to us live and we're like nope this isn't going out into the wild <laughs> not with our logo on it
2: Uh, Thanks Riverside, you did us a solid
0: Yep (laughs) Okay So anyway, it's
2: not that you don't prep Sometimes you you over-prep by accident
0: Yeah, I well, the, here's the thing: is that I started making a list, and as I'm making the list, I'm like, "Oh, right, there's a thing about Markdown. What is Markdown? I'm going to go look that up and see if maybe I can make <laughs> this list in Markdown. So, how does this relate to XML? <laughs> I wonder if I should. I inst- like, is there CSS? What kind of, what kind of like background stack of software do I need in order to make this work? Oh, the right, best, list of video games.
2: <laughs> the, the best part of it though was like we started what 70 to 79. Uh-huh. Then we did 80 to 84. I think we finished 85 to 89 before it really dawned on you that, like, you were reading this, and I was like, oh, hey, this is the first video game I ever played, and it sucked, and, you know, it was a big owl like gave me nightmares, but uh, yep. let's move on to the next one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I, I did, as I was reading through it, I'm like, hmm. This, is, this was probably the wrong way to approach
2: this. Oh, but you, you – you, you, hey, you stuck to the bit because you're just like, nope, I, just, I got five more I need to list. <laughs> I interject. I'm trying to move us along. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> there were
0: – no. In my defense, I've got... everything on the list was something that was important to me for some reason. But it was usually just like a sort of a, a one – like <laughs> here's a game that was in the cabinet of my arcade, the very first arcade that I went to right or something of that nature <laughs> or here's one that i didn't even remember until i saw it on the list and it was a really cool game and i enjoyed it a lot uh there was one from from Commodore 64 uh, this is a giant tangent now um there was one for for the Commodore 64 uh Who Framed Roger Rabbit which had like three levels like it was the worst game you can imagine and i played it for hours cuz it was one of those like kind of hard games that had just enough hook that you wanted to finish it but it was so hard you had to go over and over and over again
2: did it have model trains in it
0: uh there was i think there was actually a level that was on a train okay so back to our our subject at hand Uh, i was actually looking uh for those of you who are watching the video i was actually looking to see if i could figure out how to use reddit because I do have, uh, I thought I had a saved thread. The reason that I wanted to bring this up, because I wanted to give credit to the person who, um, uh, who made the post. But I don't, I don't know how to use Reddit because it's new and newfangled and I don't know, whatever. All
2: right. So for our listener that doesn't play tabletop games, um, what's railroading? Let's start there.
0: All right. So railroading is basically putting the story on rails. You don't have, if you think about a story like, um, you think about choose your own adventure or that kind of thing where, okay, you get to a point, there's a decision point or a video game or whatever. There's a decision point. You can either go left or right. When, when the tabletop game is being railroaded, either there's an illusion that you can go left and right, or there is no left and right. And the the, really what I wanted to talk about with railroading is that sometimes it's okay, but bad railroading is you don't get to make a choice. You're not playing the game. You are participating in the DM telling you a story. Occasionally mm-hmm. you get to roll some dice, but the outcome doesn't matter because this is where the train is going. Um, And I have like my, my sort of, I don't know, story input or whatever to, uh the subject of railroading is that there was somebody who made a post on reddit and i thought hey this is this is actually kind of true because they were talking about how um they had set up an adventure and they had they had done like all of the stuff that they wanted the, the players to sort of interact with but the players didn't pick up on any of the clues so they went somewhere completely different and now it's like oh well i'm improv off the cuff which is sometimes okay but sometimes it it doesn't like it just doesn't feel right like you know the dm did prep but this feels off um and sometimes as dms we feel like well we can't we have to give the players agency we have to let them go where they want um and this is this is where sometimes railroading is okay because it is okay to say to your players like hey guys I know that I talked up like I think it was an arena or something that he he, he talked up was he or she I, I have no idea who, mm-hmm. or what um, had set up this sort of arena thing where they were supposed to go in and do like some challenges and meet some people and stuff, but he talked it up so that it was it sounded a little bit too tough for them, so mm-hmm. they avoided it, right? And sort of the the upshot of that the the outcome of that was. The realization that sometimes it's okay to just tell your players, right? You don't you don't have to. Okay, you drop a couple of hints. They didn't get it. You can say, "Hey guys, I prepared this arena for you guys to play there tonight. If you want to go there, like if you want to, you know, you want to go to the tavern and you know buy a puppy, that's fine. We can do that, no mm-hmm. problem. But if you're avoiding this because you think it's too hard because I'm trying to keep you away from it, I, 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 I have it prepared and I do actually want you to go there." Right. And that it kind of comes into to metagaming at that point as well. Anyway. So I don't know if you have any ideas or things to talk about for railroading.
2: Um, I agree that railroading is sometimes okay. Now I'm gonna, gonna talk about campaign games, uh, because one shots and whatnot tend to be very railroady just in their nature, right? Like Yes. This is what we're doing today. Let's do sure. it. Um,
1: there's a social contract between players and, and the game master. And I don't,
2: I don't think you always have to come out and, and sort of explicitly say like out of the game narrative, Hey, this is what I prepared for you. No, but sometimes it's okay. okay. Sometimes it's okay, particularly if you find players sort of veering into a direction. You know, I, I think in game you can you can adapt enough to give most your players. Yeah, I think you know. Yes, most of the time. Obviously, yeah. there's there's exceptions to every rule. Blah blah blah. Right. Your challenge is as as GM before just. Stopping the game and saying, "Hey guys, this mm-hmm. is what we're doing tonight," is to give your players a reason to want to be there. You know, For give sure. your give your characters know enough about your characters and their motivations, and and sort of culture and 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 nurture the development of that stuff, so that you're you're laying a path in front of them. But you know, they're 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 reacting and they're putting their own spin and twist on it. But they're they're grokking what you're putting down. You know, they've been like, oh, this is kind of what, you know, Shane or Telson has planned tonight. And you know what? It actually sounds really fun. Why would we try and avoid this?
0: Right. And that this is and this is this is kind of what I'm because what you're talking about is the ideal situation. I think that that railroading a lot of things, especially because as nerds, we tend to have a very binary outlook on things. Right. Mm -hmm. Either it's awesome or it sucks and the truth is there's a lot of room for nuance in between those two extremes oh, absolutely. right and what you're talking about is kind of the ideal situation where the dm kind of knows his characters and his players his or her their players mm-hmm. um you know the players know the dm uh they you know you've dropped enough hints that they have a few sort of story hooks that they can go we can do this or we can that or we can do this or here's this other thing that i have an idea about that i've been talking about for three weeks and i hope that dm has picked up on that and you know prepared for it Mm -hmm. what i'm talking about is when it's oops i done effed up i gave them hints they're not following them um i've i've given them or worst case scenario is i've given them some information that is actually exactly the opposite of what i was intending them to pick up from it Mm -hmm. Right. Which was the situation here. It was like, I prepared this, but I talked it up like it was hard. So they thought it was above their level or something they're supposed to come back to later. So mm-hmm. you have like the the railroading I'm talking is, and it's not. See, that's the thing is that railroading gets is the thing where uh, it's a term that means different things to different people. It's true right? I I like to think of like railroading is bad because there's only one track. You can only go one way and there's no options. I like to think of it a little bit like bumper bowling, Mm -hmm. right? You can wander around a bit, but we're all going down the bowling alley to knock down the pins in the end, right? Like if if you throw, if you do something really weird, you can put lots of spin on the ball and you can bounce back and forth a bunch of times. You can even come backwards for a while. You might have to take two or three throws before you mm-hmm. knock down the pins, but we're going in this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you've done your job, well, as it as the the game master DM or, or whatever storyteller um, you know, they, they know this is the alley we're going down. This is the arrow that's pointing in the direction we want to go. You know, the, the sort of head pin is kind of mm-hmm. like the big bad and that's the story that we're going for. But, If you've done it wrong, then there's a potential for the players to throw the ball into the reception area. Mm -hmm. That's that's when you kind of have to go, Okay, whoa, (laughs) stop the game for a minute. Uh, I've given you the wrong idea. We can go do this, but I just want you to know that I haven't prepped it. So it's going to be improv. Yep.
2: Now, and and there's an important distinction to make, because I think. Our definition here of railroading, what we're talking about, is a lot softer than what I think most people assume yes. when they hear the word, which right. is dungeon master taking away player agency. Right, which is bad. So there's, there's no fundamentally speaking, bad. there's a difference between the DM recognizing, oh hey, these guys aren't picking up the breadcrumbs that I've put down or shit, I screwed up. And yes. I've got them going down the wrong rabbit hole and I need yes. to pull them back. Right. You know, that's one thing. Uh, another thing is very much, oh no, these players know exactly what I've put in front of them and they're just not interested in doing it at all. Right. And forcing them into that situation. That doesn't you work. Know, doesn't work. You know, it's a difference between, um, I don't know, typical sort of, D situation you know you got players that are in a in an inn you know they're starting off a campaign and they really don't have a lot of breadcrumbs at this point it's session one or session two they're, you know starting and you're in and some people are talking and they're kind of engaging with it as a as a social adventure and you're dropping hints you know you got people having conversations about oh you know there's some bandits out on the roads that are doing something there's
0: a wanted poster on the the pillar yeah. in the middle of the room
2: yeah you know, and if they're just in the middle of enjoying their social encounter and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that later. Let them run. You yes. know, let them let them do it. They'll get to yes. it eventually. Right. They're not going anywhere. You've got them contained in a, in a sort of situation where you can improvise around it. You yes. know, if they're just like, you know what? Fuck this in. Fuck this town. Fuck this city. We're leaving. That's when you have that conversation. Where it's like, OK, guys.
0: We need to decide what we're doing and and that, yeah, that's the thing is it, it's, I I like no matter how much you want to make the entire game a sandbox, right? Every good campaign module dungeon session that I've been a part of has been on track. Like it's been on a Mm -hmm. set of tracks, right? You might come to a switch yard where you might get onto a different Mm -hmm. track, but and there might be parallel tracks right you might have a bunch of different thing, but but there's there's a direction and there's um what's the word there's a, there's a vector that you're traveling mm-hmm. down as as a narrative and that's okay that's good that yeah. makes that makes for fun times where everybody knows even if there's some mystery you know kind of what you're trying to do yeah right you may not have all the answers you may not have the solution to all the puzzles you know that there's going to be challenges ahead of you but you know I'm trying to get to wherever, right? Like at the beginning of any movie, at the beginning of any book, one of the very first things that happens is that you get introduced to what is the actual goal here, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, I've been a part of some campaigns where there really isn't one right or the goal is very nebulous so you you pick up things as you go along right and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not it depends on the group this is where you know like the conversation has to happen between you know dm and players but mm-hmm. the overall thing that i wanted to say is that the idea of being on rails is not necessarily bad it's no. when you're on rails and you're being pushed down the rails that's
2: bad. Mhm. Now going back to my situation like, you know, you got people hanging out in an inn and you're dropping these clues about some bandits that really need to be dealt with. Like my next step there would be, okay, well if they're not coming out of the inn to confront bring the bandits, bring the adventure to them. I'm going to bring the bandits to them. They kick in the door, yes. they start getting mouthy with some of the the patrons or, you know, rough up the innkeeper or something. Yep. I, you know, you could call that railroading if you want, but I would call that healthy railroading. What would be unhealthy railroading is then forcing them into an immediate combat encounter they don't really want to participate in. Give them the opportunity to react to that situation as a group how they'd like. Hey, do right. we want to do we wanna talk to these bandits? Maybe they run. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they go and get the sheriff. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: you know, those are all you know,
2: options. To, to just have the bandits kick down the door and, and you know, then you say, okay, roll initiative. Because maybe you as, as DM had this one particular thing planned. Like, ooh, I've got this really shady NPC character that I've fallen in love with, and I'm gonna I'm gonna force oh. them upon you know, upon these players.
0: Yeah. Save me from the the NPCs that you're in love with. I actually did that in the hub adventure. I don't know if you uh if you remember the two characters who showed up. They were definitely uh Deus ex machina. Um mm-hmm the Fox and the Raven that showed up in that one encounter with the, the Cowboys. You remember that? Yeah. So, I mean, if it didn't stick out like a sore thumb, then I did the job, right? Cause they were characters that I wanted to introduce and then bring back later.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that's fine. You know, yeah. you didn't come to the, to the session and be like, okay, these two NPCs walk up to you and like, that's all we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, hey, here's, here's a nugget so that like, I, I, in an ideal situation, I would bring these people in eventually. I really like them. You know, you're, maybe you're trying to, you know, hey, don't lose sight of the fact that the Dungeon Master is a player as well. Yes. Also important. The, 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 the guideposts that we have for how we play the game are different, but we're here to have fun too. We're here to contribute to what should be a group storing like storytelling activity, yeah. so you know while players are going to create characters with backstory and stuff that they love, the way a DM gets to express themselves is try and draw some of that into the game as well, without spoon feeding, like force feeding it, and you know to players, and that's fine, you know that that's 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 Dungeons and Dragons, it's the game or you know other tabletop role playing
1: setup here. Oh, a setup. Yeah. Oh.
2: So, shifting a good gears segue. a little bit. Yes. Uh, you're talking about, you volunteered. Oh, I did. To organize uh, some sort of non-D&D one-shot. And you've been talking cyberpunk, you've been talking vampires, you've been talking steampunk, uh, but like yeah. steam cyber.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think the steampunk thing is going out the window because Cyberpunk is basically exactly as cyberpunk or as steampunk as I want to get. It's just basically steampunk with really advanced steam. <laughs> the steam is basically chips. Um yeah, so I'm I'm I don't I don't know what the what the system is gonna be. It's gonna be super, super simple, whatever it is. Probably something that we make up, which is a segue into the next little bit of thing that we're gonna talk about, I think um but i want to do something in a cyberpunky type of world um i would like to add a flavor of vampire in there i don't particularly want to use either system i think they have a little bit too much a little too much overhead especially for doing a one shot with people who've never played mm-hmm. them before
2: i realistically um, this is probably going to be a three or four shot right
0: yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah. is, is three or four sessions um I, I mean it might be over in one i don't know it really depends on on how it goes but i have um i have an idea i think there will be i think in the in the first three or four minutes of the one shot that you will have to mute your mic because you will be rolling on the floor pissing yourself laughing um i hope i hope um everyone else won't really understand why but i think you will um but yeah so i want to do something really role play heavy um you know very very combat light much much more about Solving puzzles and things like that. Uh, I have some ideas that are going <laughs> bounce, bounce. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying though to do it very much on a, I'm going to set up some NPCs, I'm going to set up some puzzles, uh, I'm going to set up a, a couple of milestone type ideas where, you know, when this happens, this happens, uh, and then just improv everything from there. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll record it. Maybe we'll share it with the world.
2: So I have some questions for you. Shoot. Now, we both played Cyberpunk. We both very much enjoyed it. Yes. Probably more so than than most people.
0: Yeah, it was fine.
2: Even saying that, what I will say is like Cyberpunk actually isn't something I'm fully into in the way that I think most people are. There's certain aspects of cyberpunk that I'm kind of take it or leave it and there's other aspects of it that I I really really enjoy. So the 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 cyber part of cyberpunk I'm pretty take it or leave it on like the 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 technology the idea of of like cybernetically augmented people in sort of a, a quasi futuristic setting eh, whatever I like the sort of dystopian nature of it. I like aesthetically.
0: Yes, that's really uh, what I'm looking part. to. That's really what I'm looking yeah. to lean into is is just sort of the the um, the the vibe, the feel, the mm-hmm. you know, the the leather and spikes, and more the punk than the cyber part of it. Although, yeah. like the, the cyber will be sort of you know background. Yeah, there's there's mm-hmm. advanced computery shit going on. Yeah, if, if you like want to cyberpunk interact with it, you a, can
2: is a great vehicle for satire yes. and 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 really having cartoonish fun with some concepts that in other you know other vibes, other settings, yeah, whatever, not not so much. You know, I've been watching. Uh, it's not true cyberpunk, but it's sort of cyberpunk. Uh, some of the red letter media stuff lately, they've done. Uh, they just did a review on robocop 2 and we'd actually watched the uh uh total recall review uh that they did a couple of years ago again just the other night too, uh the paul verhoeven stuff and just mm-hmm. i don't know there's something about that sort of cynical sarcastic like explicitly like critical and can you imagine mm-hmm. what jonathan swift could have done
0: with a cyberpunk setting yeah that would have been amazing
2: and that's the aspect of the, the 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 cyberpunk that i like like it's easy to sell sort of like uh end stage capitalism kind of yeah you know, i mean cyberpunk 2077 does a good job and of course the the, the cyberpunk stuff that influenced it and the the, the precursor stuff from that particular ip I enjoy that part. It's actually the technical stuff. Like the idea of playing a hacker or something like that, I think might be interesting with the right system. But it's not it's not the first thing that jumps out at me about cyberpunk.
0: No, and it's funny because when I play through it, every time that I play through it, I think to myself, I'm gonna do something a little bit different. And every time mm-hmm. I'm like, Nope, I'm I'm a hundred percent into like hacking. That's it.
2: Um, yeah. Now the one thing I will say for cyberpunk is that it's sort of it replaces the aspect of fantasy that makes fantasy something other than just sort of reality, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to just play elves and, and dwarves and human in a, in a system that didn't involve magic, mm-hmm. you know, you just, what are you playing at that point? You know, you're taking some of the interesting aspects of fantasy and what cyberpunk does is it it replaces that magic with something else, yeah, but still allows you to have sort of, fantastical situations. It just, it just dawned on me that what I actually want to do,
0: I think is, is it called shadow run? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's actually, I'm, I'm sort of mishmashing things together and I'm like, this is pretty much just shadow run. Yeah. I haven't actually played shadow run. Neither just, have I, but I it's, say- it's basically elves and dwarves in post-apocalyptic earth. Like mm-hmm. you know, real world and the borders have all shifted, and there's elves and dwarves and magic now.
2: Mm-hmm. But I think there's the also a little bit complicated, maybe for like oh, a, yeah. a one or three no. shot. But
0: I'm not even interested in in systems. Like the system is no. going to be, you know, roll d sixes, done. That's it's going to be that simple. I dig it. So that's, so that's my idea.
2: What are we playing?
0: Um, aye, aye, aye. um. Well, I have I have buy in from almost the whole group. I haven't heard from Ian. Uh, so Ian, if you're listening, write us it right in. We'll, we're going to do it online. You can you can phone in from anywhere. Um, so probably oh, Cindy has the Ameliasburg Fair, which is the third week in September, I think. So we can't do it that weekend, and I'd kind of like to do it before that. Mm-hmm. Might be able to do it uh, in two weeks. Um it's going to be be very simple. I think we're probably actually just going to roll real life dice and just, you know, we'll tell each other what the numbers are. Uh and carry on from there. I'm going to try and and do something with because we we talked about this, we talked about this yesterday uh at the at the first official nerding End of the influence meetup mm-hmm. Um <laughs> uh where I want to try and get away from uh virtual tabletops being too detailed Mm -hmm. because that's a rabbit hole that I fall down as a DM where like I don't prepare because I spend so much time looking for the perfect map and we don't need the perfect map. Right. I'd also, I kind of want to do, uh, I kind of want to do something with a reduced, uh, set if that makes sense. Like, you know how, like most, most movies have, you know, like, okay, here's a here's a terrible reference i I want to do something a little bit like the room where there's a limited number of of places to go so rather than here's the world here are some clues where do you want to go it's like here's the place where you are and it's basically like a dungeon type of whatever Right. right but here's the thing and there's there's the stakes are higher than what's actually happening here but this is where you are and this is what you can interact with. Right. And that's what makes it kind of a one-shot. Like, if it was going to be a campaign, it's like, okay, this is the, the launching point, and then the larger stakes are are yeah. kind of everywhere. Yeah. So that's kind of my thought.
2: I like the idea of busting out of D&D for a while. That's, yeah. that's not a criticism at d and I, I love d and D. I I will always play D&D. Um, it's nice to do different for, for a change. Yeah. Yeah, particularly... If it's simple. Yes. You no, know, if it if if it feels like homework, uh, I'm by the time I get to play, I'm I'm a little bit less invested. Yes. But uh you know if we can we can do five minutes of cursory reading and and uh show up.
0: I you know what? I'm thinking that we can probably like launch from zero. Mm-hmm. I think I think session zero will be session one. It will be I, I might I might reach out to people a little
2: bit beforehand about character concepts. Mm-hmm. You did that with that just sort of a random whiteboard style game you did where I played Ellie, the, the goat. Uh, yeah. The anthropomorphic yeah. sex fiend goat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do something a little bit more serious than that. I mean the tone mm-hmm. is a little darker as well. No, so. no,
2: but you know, you you basically you said like you here's a I think you had some basic stats where it was like you know you got a d4 d6 and a d8 you apply it to like three things however you want to apply them uh give me your name and and like a one-line description yep
0: yeah and that's and the the character concepts that i'm looking for again are going to be something similar to that probably Mm -hmm. it's probably like three or four sentences this time rather than just one um but not much more i dig it yeah so hopefully we'll have something to share with the world if not uh if not actual play than a summary or a a synopsis of some kind.
2: So we've hinted at it before we've hinted at it again today. Um, we've been toying around with the idea and done some prototyping of our own. I don't want to say rules light, but I will say lean, uh, TTRPG systems. And we were at the point, at least I am. I can't speak for you, but I'm at the point where I want to start, like, not taking them seriously, but like exploring them. You know, I've I've kind of had mine on the back burner for a little while, and I wouldn't mind sh- showing it off a little bit. It's shit. So they're they're all going to be shit. But you know, it's yep. the the exercise of I did this because I wanted to prove that I could. I didn't want to prove that I could do it well. I just wanted to prove that I could do it. And it also solves some problems for me. Um, when I want to spin up a quick game of, of something and it's like, well, do we want to learn a new light system every time we, you know, try a different setting or a different aesthetic or a different vibe? And that's kind of the problem I wanted to solve. Now, talking about these systems probably isn't something that uh, lends itself well to podcast format. No, Um, You know, we do air our podcasts with video in our ugly mugs on YouTube. If you're interested in following us uh, with exploring these tabletop systems, they're going to be an ongoing thing. We may even do some play tests. Uh, Hit us up on YouTube and subscribe. This is our our self-promo plug that we never do. Uh, Whether we're going to live stream some play tests or whether we're just going to crank out some videos with some screen sharing or, or something. We're probably gonna do it there. I don't think we'll we'll pollute the podcast feed with that stuff because it you you really need to see what we're doing. Yeah. I don't know if we want to go out live. Can we can we afford to hire
0: somebody to bleep us out?
2: Yeah. No, no we'll be won't be live. We'll record it, but you know, like we do now. Like I, I, I do minimal editing for these things. It's, it's, yeah. you know, uh, live to none. tape, live to <laughs> live tape to tape. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned. I don't know when we're going to get into that. um I would like to explore it, maybe a little bit in the coming weeks. But given that you're looking at planning a one shot, it might be best to save the meat of it until afterwards, unless you're going to lean on what you're building. I think so. I think think it, it, I think it makes sense to, um,
0: uh, cause I I need to do something like really, really lean. And like I say, I like my, my idea is to, to lean into role play as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, have someone describe what they're doing and rather than rolling dice to see if they succeed, the strength of your description sort of, um, goes into your success which doesn't work for everybody and we've talked about this a bit too like some people really like the idea of rolling dice Mm -hmm. because role-playing is uncomfortable and that's that's fine not every system is for every person but i'd like to make it simple enough that if you wanted to uh you know just just play and we don't have to like buy books and learn rules Mm -hmm. like here's here's a one page description and like three things that you have to know and you need the dice out of your monopoly game Mm
2: -hmm. that's a conversation for another show is uh dice specifically like polyhedral dice the amount of people that spend a lot of money collecting them i've been uh, doing some research and looking at actually making my own you know, printing off masters and then doing some some poured resin casting and it's a neat thing, and I get why people like rolling them. You know, I don't think it's a mutually exclusive thing to role playing, but i I think that's one of the questions I asked myself when it came to looking at my system is like, hey, do I want to do away with like d twenty die you know does this need to be a d twenty system and I'm like, people love their nerd rocks, and if I can give them an excuse to to roll them, I think uh, I think that's a win. That's that's where I kind of sided on it. So, but that does not preclude role playing and 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 whatnot. I've actually that's something I've done with my Tuesday group a little bit more is when they try to do something specifically in the sort of charisma and performance aspect. You have to have players that are comfortable with this. You gotta ease your way into it. But when they succeed on a role, I then ask them to role play it, you know. What do you you know, you're you're pleading, you're trying to persuade this person. What are you saying to them? So that I can then react to it. Um, I've got one player that plays a bard that has been starting to, you know, just like two or four bars of like just humming or, or singing a song when when trying to do something bardy. Mm-hmm. You know, not well, and and that's fine, that's better, actually. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh just Neat little sort of flavor touches, uh, and just a shout out—not that my players listen to this, because again, I don't think they actually know about it. But uh,
0: oh, I'm going to tell them.
2: I appreciate them. Yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a um, the first time that I ran Curse of Strahd, uh, there was a new player, and she, I I told the group that I wanted there to be a bard in the group, um, and a new player volunteered to be the bard. Uh, And she was really great at it. She actually, she downloaded music clips, right? And as we were walking along, she would just like randomly, you know, play out a music clip. Um, She took notes at the beginning of every session. She actually went through her notes and told
2: a story about what happened last time. It was really great. That is great. Two things. I didn't know you ran Cruiser Stroud before you ran it with our group. Uh, I didn't get very far. And (laughs) funny enough, in our group, uh, a new player. Played the bard as well.
1: Yeah. Rip mm.
2: Dulcimer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Poor Dulcimer.
2: Uh speaking of my wife, we do have a uh a sort of tabletop flavored pod bag. You've got mail. Now we just finished actually addressing this and in, in our last attempt at recording before things went very very sideways so we're gonna do it again uh my beautiful wife tanya asks uh (laughs) you both have been very involved in playing dungeons and dragons have either of you ever thought about larping and what would that look like i mean you kick things off talking about wearing a wig Uh, that's true i
0: did yeah well a merkin specifically um Yeah, so I've never I have never really considered larping. Um I did do something similar in college. We played a game called Diplomacy, which is sort of similar-ish. It's it's like role playing with no rules and no dice. It's literally just you're assigned a country and like you basically you play the ambassador of the country. You're you're assigned a country and a goal that nobody else knows what it is and you have to just talk to everybody else in the room. Uh, It's more of a social type of uh, interaction game. It's very difficult for an introvert to do. Uh, It was really, really hard. I was not good at it. Um, We did have a a player in our EverQuest guild that played every... I think he played Dungeons & Dragons every third Sunday, and every time that he came back, we accused him of LARPing. Um, So, hello, Arthur, if you're out there. (laughs) Um... I don't think he was actually LARPing. I think he was actually playing D&D. Arthur was a really cool guy. It's just, you know, for some reason, he was always the guy that we always sort of, you know, uh, just piled on and made fun of. Sometimes it got out of hand. So also,
1: sorry, Arthur.
0: (laughs) It happens. Yeah. So what about you? you? Have you ever thrown a tennis ball and yelled lightning bolt? I've seen
2: the video. No, um, the idea intrigues me now to me, like I group a few things together. When I think of, of LARPing, I think of cosplay. I think of like reenactment stuff and like Ren Faire type stuff. And let's be honest. I don't have a cosplay body. Nobody wants to see me in anything. Unless You're the it's that ju- type of thing.
0: You're the juggernaut, bitch.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So
1: I don't know that I'm the fit,
2: but there are actually aspects of it that I I've I, I found like gateway sort of interests into. Uh I've I've really in the past two or three years uh just grown super interested in uh, like smithing and forging and and I and, you know, like, I don't like knives and I'm I'm not a violent person. I don't hunt, uh, but the, the idea of blade making and and tool making and. Is, crafting. Is, yeah. You know, but like the old school maker stuff, like I could see myself eventually getting to the point where like I have a little home forge, you know, when I buy a house and maybe have some space and maybe I start getting involved in producing like proper or, or sort of recreation type stuff for people that are maybe a little bit more involved in, in, in LARPing and, and Ren fair stuff or even reenactment stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, would I show up at one of these events with a, a, a leather apron on? Maybe I would. It's
0: great cosplay.
2: Yeah. You could cosplay
0: as the butcher from Diablo.
2: Um, uh-huh. Props to those that do it, though. Like I, I really respect that you put yourselves out there. It has not been in sort of related to Dungeons and Dragons. Historically speaking, it was the kind of thing that people looked at you strange for, you know. And I and I would say probably more so. Oh, with the, the larping stuff than than playing D and I mean, D and D had the the satanic panic stuff, and of course, all the nerd stereotypes and baggage. But D players used to...
0: looked down on the larpers. That was that was yeah.
2: sad. Yeah, and I think there's probably like in any community, um tabletop communities terrible for this. People that were into it. Before it was cool, and they get gatekeepery about it and protective of their hobby. uh You certainly see it in D anD D with people that you know. Look at the people that were inspired by a Critical Role and some of the actual plays, and and they're like, "That's not my D anD D," you know. And it probably and isn't. And that's no, fine. probably isn't. And that's fine. But you know, don't be a dick about it. And yes. I wonder, oh, you know, almost with, like a rule for life, right? Yeah. Uh, it's the number one rule in any of my, like, table rules <laughs> for any game dick. I play. Don't be a dick. Yeah. If you're role-playing a dick, you make sure that
0: you out of character are not a dick. You yeah. have to say, my character's a dick, I'm not a dick. <laughs> and eventually, if you're really not a dick, you will be uncomfortable playing that character and you will stop.
2: Mm-hmm. And I suspect that there is, is you know, some of those types of people in that LARPing community that, you know, look at people that, guess. you know cosplay at conventions and stuff like that and they're like that's not my larping and i mean you're going to run into that with any pastime and hobby and if you can get past that and and over the 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 fear about not fitting or the the criticism you'll probably connect with some people that'll be lifelong friends and then you'll you'll grow to love whatever it is if you're passionate about it as an idea you'll probably be passionate about it in practice so if I wake up tomorrow with a, a cosplay body,
0: Ozempic, my friend, Ozempic. I'm telling you, it's yeah. a miracle. Apparently, I mean, Phil Mickelson lost four hundred pounds. Yeah, Or I don't or have something.
2: Don't have quite that much to lose. Uh hey, I. I think that's where we're gonna. Uh, basically uh, wrap up our, our first episode recording today. Uh, but before we go, I do have a parting gift. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Also tabletop themed. Uh, what I want to share with you all is, I don't want to say it's little known because it's a spinoff of one of the original D and D actual plays. Um, People that are sort of big into actual plays are most likely aware of things like Critical Role, obviously. But um, one of the early, early, early shows was uh, started as an audio podcast, Acquisitions Incorporated. It was done by the, the guys behind the Penny Arcade comic, and they've had various people involved in it. Will Wheaton was in it at one point. Patrick Rothfuss was in it for, for years and years and years. Um, and their stuff is fun, but the game kind of got spread out. You know, being primarily sort of a stage game at PAX conventions. So you're only getting like two or three things a year. But uh Jerry, uh one of the Penny Arcade guys, started running a live stream game weekly called Acquisitions Incorporated the C team. And it very much fits with like my kind of game. Now it is all theater of the mind, which isn't something I I do explicitly, but uh it is done extremely well. It is very, very friendly for new players. Uh, if you've tried to get into things like Critical Role, and you were a little overwhelmed or intimidated by the idea that, oh, you have to be a professional voice actor to be a DD and d player, because everybody around the Critical Role table is professional voice actors, and they do it extremely well. This is very much the opposite of that. For the most part, it's just a bunch of Nerds, old school nerds, new school nerds sitting around a table playing D&D. Everybody's likable. Some of them were new players when they started. Um, I like Jerry Holkins in general. Uh, just I like the way his mind works. Some people find him a little bit annoying, and that's fine. I get it. I don't. But give it a shot, particularly the first couple of seasons before it gets a little bit weird. Um, I think if you've been looking for an actual play and you haven't found one yet, the C team might be what you're looking for. There is a bit of a back catalog to, to pour through, but it's not like the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like three hour plus episodes that you're looking at trying to get into like old critical role campaigns.
0: Can't. If, if you have a problem and you look hard enough, you just might be able to find the C team. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's time to to take a break and uh, pour another drink.:
0: <laughs> Yes,: I think so. Do we need to do some O faces for thumbnails? I, I think like that's
1: a thing.